You're listening to Answering Difficult Questions Biblically, a Sunday school series taught by Pastor Dan Christians at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Question number 19. What should we do when the government's views and laws don't align with God's will? What should we do when the government's views and laws don't align with God's will? It's, it's funny to me that I, I think that in the past, this has been a largely theoretical question in North America. Like, well, what do we do? I mean, there are some people that, that do struggle with this because they're in positions where the government is trying to enforce a law or tell them to enforce a law or a rule uh, medically that they don't agree with. And so they have to decide to obey their conscience or to do what they're being pressured to do. Um, and, and in Canada, most of the time, people in professions in the past have been given some liberty of conscience. Okay, I think that liberty of conscience is being taken away. But it was there for a long time. So even for those people, it was like, I can still obey God and keep my job. So that's not a huge problem yet. But what do we do when we come into a situation where clearly the government's views and laws don't align with God's will? I'll tell you one verse that I think might be the most important verse on just wrapping our minds around how we treat God and the government. And that's from Mark chapter 12, verse 17. Jesus answered and said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. It's brilliant, it's short, it's sweet, and it's something you can always remember, okay? Give to God the things that are God's and give to the government the things that are government's. So we have to understand what those things are, but we, Jesus is telling us who's, like, what to do in, in a lot of situations there. In this particular situation, the question was, do we pay taxes to Caesar? Well, Caesar, for them, is the army that is enslaving them. It is the, the, the uh, heathen government that is enslaving the people of God and taxing them and, and taking their money. And, and kind of, even though there was some freedom that the Jews experienced in Israel, they always knew there was somebody that was real else really in charge. They didn't have their king, right? But Jesus was clear, pay them their taxes because that's what's, what's due to them. So then we, we take that thought and we go to, and I'm going to go to a number of different verses here that's going to speak to the obedient side first, okay? Romans chapter 13, verse 1, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That is a truth that is seen clearly throughout the Old Testament. Even when we were in the book of Daniel, we talked about that a number of times, that every king, every prime minister, every president is appointed by God. They have that position because God allowed it. It's part of God's plan. And that's hard for us to fathom because you've got someone like Nero who's setting Christians on fire in his garden as, as candles. But Nero was appointed by God, and this was written around that time. He goes on, and Paul says, Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist bring judgment on themselves. Okay, now... I guess what I, what I want to do with this question, because I think this is maybe the one that's probably the most practical for us today, is I, I think it's important for you to understand which way you're bent and then to push against that a little bit, to allow the scripture to push against that a little bit, okay? So some of us are bent toward rebellion against the government, okay? We don't trust the government. We, we, want, we are looking for an opportunity to disobey, 
to not do what the government says. We have to know that about ourselves and then allow scripture to inform what we do because we can't just do what we feel, right? But then there are others who maybe, maybe you're driven a little bit more by fear or maybe it's just you're just a super compliant, obedient type of person. And so you love rules in your life in general and you would never want to disobey a rule that the government set for you, no matter what. And so this should, I think this lesson should, should push a little bit against you to say there are actual times that it, the right thing to do is disobedience. That's obedience to God will trump obedience to the government at times in your life. So expect at some point to have to disobey because it's the right thing to do, okay? So figure out who you are and then listen to the lesson the right way. He continues, verse three, for the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. This is a general statement. It's not always true, but generally speaking, uh, governments, rulers help enforce good things more than bad things. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So generally speaking, when God ordained the government, it was because there was some kind of ruling body necessary to put in consequences for people's misdeeds, their sins, their breaking the law. And again, Paul is writing this during the time of, the, of, of Rome being governor. And you think, well, Caesar, surely Rome could not be labeled this way. And, and in many cases, this could be true. But ask yourself the question, do you think Rome would be a better place if there was no governing authority? If every single Roman citizen, every Roman soldier did whatever they wanted to do, would it be better then? I don't think so. I think that, that that's just unrestrained evil. And so now you might have some evil at the top, but you also have those people, the people at the top recognizing that in order to, to keep some semblance of government and, and structure and uh, like a, a people who are being obedient, you have to have rules. They have to exist. People have to feel safe. And so God's design of the government was good and it works even, in, even when the government's evil at times. It doesn't work as well as it should, clearly. It's not the best form, clearly. But it, it, there are worse things. He goes on in verse 5, Therefore you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but for conscience sake. So not just because you're afraid of the consequences, but also you should do it because it's the right thing to do. You should feel that in your conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And, and Paul's final verse there seems to uh, echo what Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, and now he's giving specifics. Okay, honor to honor. Well, there's honor due to the government, okay? Remember this, folks, because there are times in our lives where it feels difficult to honor the government, isn't there? There are times that you feel like they don't deserve, they're not deserving of honor. You don't honor them because they're deserving. You honor them because God has ordained them and he's given that position a place of honor, all right? Let's move on to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Peter says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme 
or to governors, as to those who are sent by him for punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Okay, so the, the instruction is to submit to the ordinance of men for the Lord's sake. So as a believer, my submission is ultimately to the Lord always. And anyone else I submit to is because God has told me to. It's, be, it's ultimately a, an act of submission to God when I choose to submit to those authorities he's put in place. This is not only true with our governments, this is also true with parents. Okay, teens? This, you submit to your parents not because they always deserve it, not because that they always are right, but because they're the authority structure that God has placed in your life. And so by submitting to them, you submit to God. That's how this works. And it's true for us when we talk about employees and employer relationships. It's true in many, we all submit to people, right? But we do it to God. That, that's actually really helpful when we start to think that like, I can do this because it's not for them. I can do this because it's ultimately because I'm submitting to God. He goes on and he talks about this being the will of God that, and then part of the reason we do this is that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So when the outside world looks at the church, they shouldn't see a bunch of people who are always itching to rebel at every place, every time. Okay, I want to. Please understand that. I want to rebel all the time. But that's not what, that's not what we're supposed to... In fact, we, we silence their, their ignorance when we demonstrate being, what it looks like to be a good citizen of a country. And then the final part, he says, is we are free. Again, that, that freedom means ultimately that, that we don't serve that, this, we don't serve this king, we serve that king. So we have that freedom, but we don't use that liberty as a cloak or as a reason to do wrong for vice. We, we can't use like, oh no, I only answer to God as an excuse for, therefore I don't answer to anyone else. That's vice, that's sin. And so we can't use that as an excuse. Instead, we use that freedom to be servants of God. How do you serve God well? You obey the authorities he's put in place, all right? Uh, how about Titus 3, verse 1? He says, remind them, this is him telling Titus to remind his people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. All right. Those are packed. That is a packed verse to teach us how to live out our faith in this world. Okay. Be subject. Put yourself under. Submit to authorities. Obey them. Be ready to do every good thing. And so in the context, I think this is not only just like you, you keep the laws, but you also look for opportunities to do good as citizens. Like, how do we be good citizens that are helpful to our nation and to our community? That's, I think, what, what is being encouraged here. And then he says, we should speak evil of no one. Ooh, but what if they're really bad? Yeah, okay. I mean, truth is okay, but I think sometimes we are just on this, like, I want to destroy their reputation entirely. It makes me feel a little bit better about myself when I can talk about how awful they are, Okay. We need to be really careful about that because we are supposed to show honor to whom honors do and we're supposed to speak evil to no one to be peaceable people, to be gentle people, to show humility to all men. 
man, that's instructive, I think. How about 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So this is a pretty wide general principle. I want you to pray for the people, all men, your nation. Pray for them. Specifically, in verse 2, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in godliness and reverence. (laughs) Pray for the people who are put in authority over you. That's one thing we can definitely do for our prime minister and for our government, for our premier. Acts chapter, okay, so, so those are, I would say, probably the top verses. There are others, but those are the top verses that speak about our need to obey, to submit, because we're submitting to God, okay? Now, you say, hold on, I know there are times in the Bible where they disobeyed the authority, and you're absolutely right, there are. So let's look at a couple of those. And the most obvious is in Acts chapter 4, verse 19. The scenario is that Peter and John have just come into the temple. They've healed someone. In the process of healing, they've drawn a crowd, and they've preached the gospel to the crowd. And part of the gospel was, um, you Jews, you're, you're religious leaders, you put Jesus to death, but God raised him again. So they are pointing the finger toward the authorities, saying, what you did was wrong to Jesus. Right? So it doesn't mean that we never can say, point out the wrong. So they did that that you killed the Son of God. And as a result, they're taken and they're beaten and then they are uh, warned to not teach or preach in the name of Jesus ever again. Don't, don't use his name. I don't care what you do, but, but don't use that name around here again. But Peter and John answered, verse, chapter 4, verse 19, and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you be the judge. So should we listen to you, you, leaders, all the, all the people that God has already before said to submit to, should we listen to you or God? Well, obviously the answer is God, right? So when, when there's a conflict, the answer is always God. That's really simple. And so what do they do? The next day, they come back to the temple, and this time they've got more of them. All the, the apostles are there. And they go back to preaching and teaching about Jesus. And so once again... They're arrested. And in Acts chapter 5, verse 9, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So when they're threatened, they say, listen, we're going to keep obeying God, just so you know. We must obey God and not men. The context of this statement is, is disobedience to the government. And the reason for disobedience to government is that obedience to God trumps obedience to the government. Um, we have other examples in the book of Acts. Maybe one of them is um, the example of Paul when Paul is arrested and he's being mistreated and he appeals to his Roman citizenship. So rather than just like accepting that government's authority, he appeals to a higher authority. And so he's willing, like we can, I guess the, the idea is that we can use the law to our benefit when it benefits us. We, we don't have to just like lay down and die. Paul said, no, I'm, I'm a Roman citizen. You can't treat me this way. I appeal to Caesar. I want to go to, to Rome and stand justice. I want, I want there to be justice, and there's not justice right now. And so that was okay. Um, even Jesus, uh, he, yeah, he didn't open his mouth, but at one time he said, what, what have I done wrong? Why are you hitting me? And, and so there is this idea that like, we can stand up for ourselves um, to a point. 
But the primary principle is obey God always, obey God's ordained authority when possible. We have examples in the Old Testament. And so for our church, the elders got together and we thought, okay, we, we know this principle, it's clear. Uh, when exactly in the Bible did, did they disobey the authority? And when you look at the, the, the times in the Bible that God's people disobeyed the authority of the government around them because they were obeying God, all, I would say that what characterizes those times is that there was a clear command that God had given that, that would be broken by obeying what the government said. So if they did, if they followed through on the government's command, they would be breaking a clear command of God. Also, I think in all of those cases, there was wicked intent on the part of the government. So the government was asking for something that disobeyed God, and they had some wicked intent behind it. That, and those things were abundantly clear. And then the other thing that I see in all of those circumstances is that when the believers, when the people of God chose to disobey the government, they were willing to accept the consequences no matter what they were. So they recognized that this disobedience might mean death, but they were still willing to disobey. So I guess part of what we have to understand is that we are accustomed, because we've lived in a country with a lot of rights and freedoms, to assume that, we, that, that there always should be justice done. And when we choose to disobey God, we have to understand we're doing it because injustice is happening. And we must be ready to experience whatever consequences come, right? If I choose to disobey the, the, the government's law, I might need to do that because my conscience toward God forces me to. But then I should also be ready to, to suffer the consequences as they're given. Now, there, there are other arguments that come into play. I understand that, that loving our neighbors might um, require us to... Uh, speak against the government. And I think we live in a government that allows for that, that there are opportunities for Canadians to speak up against the government and it's not, it's, it's not illegal. And so when, when those opportunities come, I think that we ought to. We ought to take the freedoms, the liberties that we have as citizens of Canada and use them because loving our neighbor well requires us to stand up for what's right and what's true and what's just. And so it's not just like, don't ever say anything against the government. It's do things decently, legally, and in order until it requires you to disobey God. Is there a question? Yep, that's a good point. So there wasn't, Travis is saying that, that when Daniel chose to continue to pray like he had always prayed, um, the command was anytime that you pray to anyone, Instead, you need to make that request. So rather than asking God, your God, for whatever, you need to make that request to the king. And, and, and Daniel wasn't necessarily commanded to pray. Um, I mean, that... He was commanded not to pray to God. Yes. So, so, so maybe, maybe Daniel could have chosen not to pray at all to anyone. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so Daniel could have altered his, his life so that it would have appeared to keep the command. But he still wouldn't have been keeping the command of the, of the governor. Right? So he just wasn't hiding the fact that he was disobeying the government. But I think, like, I would still see that as 
being commanded to do something that God's word told him not to do. And I would, I would say it's probably being commanded to do something that God's word would tell him to do, just not necessarily in that way. And so all he did was just not hide, right? Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess there, there's an example of like, if you choose, if you think that you need to disobey the government, then you don't necessarily have to hide it. You just, you just, you just do what's, what you've always done. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Daniel did, clearly. Okay, good. Any, any other thoughts or comments? Mike? Okay. So I think, I think that there's probably um, a balance that needs to be made with that because I think that, that like, when God ordained, when, he, when these statements were made by, by all of the verses that we just looked at, even when Jesus was speaking, they were in a government that was wicked, that was evil, but there was still doing some good because government is better than no government, right? So I think God's ordination of a government isn't a, a particular ordination of a certain government who will do the right thing. It's the ordination of the idea of having a civil authority, a, a governing structure. Does that make sense? So, so I, I couldn't say, well, God ordained Stephen Harper, but God didn't ordain Justin Trudeau because what he ordained was a governing structure, the idea that, it, that there will be a government, just like, the, so, and certainly he ordained the government to do what, what is right. And when the government does what's wrong, what's unjust, then uh, unjust, then Christians should be people who are for justice and fighting for justice. I think maybe maybe the idea though is to always recognize that the like there is an honor that's due to the governing structure, and if we if we think that that we must disobey uh, in order to serve our conscience, to serve God, to obey God, then we are willing to uh, go through whatever consequences, just like Daniel was when he chose to disobey. Because the, the examples of disobedience in the Bible are when a clear command is given. And I am 100% for that then. Like, there are times that we do need to disobey the government. Because, but I, I think if we just say that the only ordained governments are those that are doing good, th- that misses most of what... And I, I think then when we want to know when we should disobey, when is it right to disobey, then we go to the examples of Scripture when God's people disobeyed. And, and that's, I think, what we try to do, I guess, is, as the elders, is like, we know the principle, but how do, we, how do we apply it? And it's, look at all the rest of the examples in Scripture. Good. Was there another? Dan. So maybe that's, that's a, a good, like, um, a good test for ourselves as we think about the issues, is in, in this area, am I concerned about God's kingdom, and that's why I'm tempted to disobey the government, or am I concerned about my kingdom and my my comfort and the lifestyle that I get to live and how this is going to affect me because I'm worried about my freedom. And I think sometimes we are very, very concerned about our uh, freedom as citizens of Canada rather than our privilege to be citizens of heaven and to serve that kingdom. Because 
bringing people to Jesus is more important than any of our comforts that we might lose and, and that we might want to fight for. Does that make sense? A great point. I, I, think I, I think I know what you're talking about, but... That, <coughs> Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but, the, but Romans says that he does not, that the government does not wield the sword in vain. I think that's a reference to capital punishment. So there are times that they, they will have something to do with your body. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about what you've just heard or are interested in the ministry of Maple City, please visit our website at maplecitybaptistchurch.com.